the way our past informs who we are now does not have to be a negative light. In fact, it should be entirely positive. Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you are here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. As always, I am so thrilled to have you here with me today, and I'm super pumped for today's episode because it's a bit different than the normal setup I run with for my podcasts. This week on the blog, the topic for the week, the spiritual musing, if you will, is centered around how the stories of our past communicate with the present version of ourselves. And I thought I could run with this in a different direction in the sense of, sharing with you guys a little bit more about me. This audience has grown so much in the last year and couple weeks since the podcast launched. And as my way to say thank you to you guys and everyone that joins in every week and just let you know how grateful I am to have you here, I thought I would share a little bit more about myself and kind of experiences and stories from my past and how they play a role into my life and who I am now. And there's a couple of the stories that I'd like to share with you guys today that I've hinted at before. And one of them, I thought I'd start on a really fun note, is when I competed in pageants. So first and foremost, I want to say, even by my laughing, I feel like when someone says they competed in pageants, I think it's like definitely a stereotype that's kind of associated with that, I guess, or just people jump to specific conclusions. The pageant that I competed in was called National American Miss. It is a young women's competition. It has nothing to do with beauty. In fact, in almost all of the younger categories, you're not allowed to wear makeup. The NamUs pageants are very much about who you are as a woman at your core. And I was nominated for this when I was really young. We, to this day, my family and I have absolutely no idea who nominated me for the pageant but when I was eight years old I competed in the Miss Florida pageant and one of the girls that I became really good friends with at the pageant won and then the following year I competed again and I was crowned Miss Florida and that was a really big pinnacle moment in my life as I've shared with you guys before I've always been told and always thought to myself you know that I was meant for something more I'm different I'm super outgoing I'm very bubbly I love being in the center of attention you know I'm comfortable there I'm comfortable being in the spotlight and the pageant competing in the pageant really solidified that and it's for many reasons not just because I won the the state title of Miss Florida But I also won a lot of the optional contests. I won acting where you have to like present a commercial. (laughs) If you're around or older my age, (laughs) the commercial I presented was for limited two. Do you guys remember what that was? Like before it was, um, oh my God, what is it called now? Uh, Justice. It was limited two. And I had to memorize like a two minute commercial. So I won the acting competition. And I want to dive into that a little bit because this is kind of where I can bring this back to where I am now, specifically with manifesting. So often we hear in the manifesting conversation, when you release the manifestations, that's when they're coming into your life. So obviously I'm nine years old. I don't know anything about anything. And, you know, I'm just living my best life, having fun. I spent weeks, 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 weeks prepping for this competition. And a part of the acting was, you know, like I said, memorizing this two minute commercial that they they give us. You give you get like a sheet with, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 options. And that was the one my mom and I thought I would do best at. 
And I had props. Like, we literally went to Limited 2, got a couple pieces of clothes, got a bag so I could hold up on stage, you know. Obviously, if you know me at all, like, I'm very animated as I even am talking on this podcast. Like, my hands are flying everywhere. (laughs) So I'm a really animated person. And... I'm in the middle of my competition, like I'm, I'm presenting my commercial, and I dropped all of the shirts that were in my hand. And internally, I'm screaming, freaking out, thinking, oh my God, this is ruined, I totally screwed up. But I kept powering through, did it just as I should, and walked off stage like my giggly bubbly self. So then, the final night of the pageant is obviously the awards night, so leading up to crowning the winner, they announce all of the optional contest winners, and at the time, I know that the pageant has expanded a lot, but at the time, I want to say there were maybe six optional contests, like talent, um, which obviously I competed in, I did a dance, actress, spokesmodel, photogenic, and I want to say there were maybe two more, but obviously it was a long time ago. So anyways, they're running through the optional contest winners and they start with a fourth runner up all the way to the winner. So that gives five people to go up and get a trophy and they get to the actress. And I literally remember I tell this story all the time. I remember when they say, OK, time to do actress or obviously whatever formality they say. I like remember relaxing into my body thinking, OK, I can chill for a minute. Like no one's going to say my name. I'm Gucci here. I'm just going to chill. I'm standing in my row like my little smile. I have trophies in my hand. And I'm doing good. And I'm thinking, okay, this is my moment to like take a breath. So they get through fourth, runner up, third, second, first. And then they get to the winner. And the woman says my name. And I'm like, wait, this is a mistake. This isn't true. So I walk up and I look at the girl. And let me let me mind you this. The woman announcing the names, obviously an adult woman, is like off to the side at a podium. And then the current Miss Florida, so my old friend Kelsey, is the one standing there handing out the trophies. And I look at Kelsey, a fellow nine-year-old, and I say, is this right? Do you know if this is right? And she just starts laughing. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't think I won. She's like, just take the trophy. (laughs) So I'm standing there thinking, oh my God, I think this is a mistake. And after all the pageant, like even being crowned Miss Florida, I remember going up to them and asking, is this right? Like I remember messing up. And what's so funny too is that right after I messed up, my parents were obviously in the audience and I went to go to them. I'm hysterical thinking I totally effed it up. And they're sitting pretty close to the judges. And my mom looks at me. She's like, shut up, shut your mouth. Like you did great. Stop. They're going to judge you based on this character right now. Like even though they're not supposed to. So anyways, all of that being said, this hilarious story, like I can't even express to you guys how much gratitude I have for the moments in my life when I was competing in pageants. It taught me so many amazing personable skills it taught me about having humility grace kindness the health of healthy competition and what it felt to win I mean to win that pageant at nine years old against like 150 girls it was such a big honor and that pageant ended up extending into the next year of my life I went on to speak and become the spokesmodel for a program that I was a part of called stay alive just drive where my young friend when I was eight, so a little over a year before, my best friend from my childhood died in a car accident. So I became the spokesperson for non-distracted driving for that that program in my community. And it was so, so important to me. So even at such a young age, it taught me the value of investing in your passions, right? And at the pageant, you know, the actress competition, that was one thing, you know, I kind of like totally released and let go on that stage, like audibly 
breathed out, exhaled, and was like, okay, I'm good. I can chill for a minute. Then another thing I want to point out about the pageant that definitely, you know, feels very fortuitous now leading up to the career that I'm attempting to launch is I also won the spokesmodel competition and my speech for the spokesmodel was about Stay Alive, Just Drive. So it was a program I was already initiated into and very much a part of because um, my the best friend that passed away, the car accident that she died in was a distracted driver on the phone. And her brother was in the car. Everyone else survived and Adrian passed away. You know, this this program was very, very close to me and obviously a conversation for another day, but that just speaks to how young I was introduced to grief and not just like a very typical grief you understand, but another girl my age who was my best friend died. So my spokesmodel speech, my speech for that competition, it was very close to my heart and I've always been very passionate. I've always been, like I said, very comfortable speaking and outgoing. And, you know, I've always had a really strong vocabulary. So that competition meant a lot to me. And I was, I I don't want to like sound, I don't know, whatever, but I was expecting to win that, that competition. And I did. And I was so, so proud of myself. And, you know, I went on to be on the news, the local news. And I traveled around like the state doing all of these events with Stay Alive, Just Drive. And, It was a really big passion of mine and I feel like now the way that memory fits into my life so currently is where I see myself, honestly where I know my life is leading me is to travel and to become a motivational speaker. My goal is to speak in front of thousands of women, you know, and this conversation I I understand can be very specific, but it's geared in the holistic direction of Letting your grief, your trauma, letting your heartache empower you to find your purpose and live an amazing life, an extraordinary life. I have absolutely no idea where I would be in my life had I never experienced grief. And although all those people that are no longer here would be here, I can't even begin to think like that because one, that's not an option. And two, I I, I don't even think my mind knows how to go to that scenario because I'm so far removed now from my grief that I've found comfort and acceptance and gratitude in it, you know? So my goal, if you guys didn't know that, is to become a huge motivational speaker. And I want to speak to thousands of entrepreneurial women who don't believe in themselves and I fully know that they are capable. And I think that competing in pageants, especially at such a young age, has really helped me gear myself in that direction and I really hope that I have a daughter one day that's interested in doing them because I think they are so much fun. NamUs was an amazing and is an amazing organization and it it just it let me walk away at such a young age with so many amazing skills and my mom and I have had this conversation a lot too you know when I was a kid especially because my brother was never interested in literally like anything at activity wise like I was a dancer I did the pageants I was informed with a lot of really wonderful unique opportunities that most kids my age aren't I also got to experience a program called people to people which is an ambassador program where you represent the United States and you travel to all these different countries and at 11 years old I went to England Scotland and the Netherlands for three weeks without my parents I went with 45 other kids on this ambassador trip and again like just really really extraordinary opportunities that you know I'll say this too they they allowed me to get such a healthy world view 
competing against other young girls from so many different backgrounds, getting to travel around the country and outside of the country, obviously, with so many other young kids, again, from so many different backgrounds, experiencing different cultures, learning about the cultures. It definitely gave me leverage, I want to say, because where I come from in Florida is, you know, and politics is not the name of the game for this podcast, but they have very different belief systems, I'll say, where I'm from versus what I have. I, you know, live in a city that's very liberal. I'm very open. <laughs> that's kind of where I'll stick with that. And I was definitely, you know, in a sense being raised that way, not necessarily by my parents, but just everyone who was informing my decisions. So teachers, you know, classmates, other parents, my parents, family, and being able to have opportunities like that available to me really helped me expand my belief system. And then that was much, much, much further expanded when I ended up moving to New York City and studying college in what I considered to be one of the greatest cities in the world, a literal melting pot for culture and experience. And that's, you know, where I was able to adopt my own belief systems. But anyways, so the pageants were the first ones I wanted to share with you guys you know, being like, like I just keep reiterating, being available to those opportunities at such a young age, it just, it let me explore what I was passionate about. And obviously with dance, like when I was really young, I was still doing solos. So I had already been up on stage by myself from like a really, really young age. And dance was my absolute passion. I just like, I couldn't get enough of it. But on a more heavier, serious note, the other experience I want to share with you guys that is incredibly incredibly personal that I've talked about I think a couple times on this podcast just like you know in conversation and passing is the year of my life after my brother passed away so the first podcast that I have with you guys is about the year after I graduated and just kind of the turmoil and trauma that I was dealing with but the year after my brother passed away I I went through an incredible amount of grief, trauma, and just like horrendous experiences. And I want to share with you guys the way I have and most certainly am still attempting to find gratitude for that year. So after my brother died, which as you guys know, you know, I'm 18. And to give a little bit more background on that, I, and of course, go listen to the, the grief podcast. But I think a reason why I was so unable to deal with my grief and was unwilling to was because I felt like I had to do it alone I, I went home and I planned my brother's funeral my parents could not they could just they couldn't I, I had to do everything and then three weeks later I'm back in New York City and I'm just like consumed and overwhelmed with emotion I'm 18 I'm so emotionally immature I have no freaking clue how to like move on with my life so I just buried it all then, as you guys know, I've shared this before. I'm happy to talk about this uh, now because I've definitely found closure with it. A couple months after Joshua passed away, I was sexually assaulted. Someone physically hurt me and I had to go through a trial. The man was convicted and deported and that sucked the life out of me. But the hardest part of that, it's actually more like a year and a half, um, the following June after Josh passed away, I went home the day after I was done with my sophomore year of college. I went home 
And my dad was in a very, very not great spot. And he was just really emotionally vulnerable. And his mental health was sitting on the thinnest ledge you can think to exist. And I came home that day and a lot had happened in that week leading up to it. My dad was in a car accident. Nothing like he was fine, but his car, you know, his truck got torn to shreds and it's this big deal. And I get home and we're talking about it and we're going to get his rental car and something happened where it didn't work out. And that was just kind of a tipping point for my dad. Um, Like I said, a lot, a lot happened leading up to that, but we got home and my dad locked himself in his room and he tried to kill himself. Now, me sharing this with you guys, like, it makes my heart burst. There's still a lot of work I have to do around that. But the reason I'm sharing this with you guys and the reason I want to talk about it a little bit more is because the way that moment in my life plays into who I am now is about so much compassion and gratitude. And I just like, I don't even know how to kind of elaborate on this because even still, it just, it really does make me so emotional to know like how truly broken my dad once was. Um, And obviously, you know, a lot of that emotional trauma is almost all of it is around Josh. My dad thought he needed to be the rock. We honestly all did. Like we, no one wanted to be vulnerable because we all needed to be there for each other. So no one was expressing any emotion. Anyways, that, that day comes around and my dad tried to hurt himself. And I, I, you know, 19 now he barricaded himself in his room. I had to break down the door while on the phone with 911. And then Several hours later, you know, they they had to pump his stomach and get him to be okay. And then I, at 19, because my parents are divorced and I was now an only child, had to make the decision to Baker Act my father. And if you don't know what that means, Baker Acting is a choice made by a legal guardian or whoever has your power of attorney. And it is a 72-hour mental health hold. They cannot leave. Um, This is essentially confinement to the hospital while they do a mental health evaluation. And in Florida, the way Baker acting, I don't know if this is still true, but the way it used to work was you have to do the 72-hour hold in an institution. It's not in the hospital. And they were all full at the time. I guess, you know, things were not going well for a lot of people. And my dad had to be in the hospital for several days before actually going to the institution. And very, very, very unironically, he ended up being institutionalized in one of the many same ones my brother was. The reason I'm sharing all of this with you guys and the reason I'm telling you all this is because that led to a very, very specific conversation that my dad and I both cherish very, very much. It makes him sob every time we talk about it. And this is what I want you to hear before I talk about how it's relevant in my life now. That week after my dad tried to hurt himself, I don't think I've ever been so angry in my entire life. And it was I was able to direct that anger at my dad. I was able to be angry with him before it was angry at the universe because my brother wasn't physically here. So I couldn't be angry with him. And then angry at this guy who assaulted me who I of course would never see again so I was angry at the universe now I had my dad sitting in front of me and I could be 
enraged and I was but I held it back I held my own because he was the one who was in the hospital and I had to be there for him so finally I want to say he was in the hospital for like four or five days before he gets to the institution and I go and I visit and he tells me about the talk he had with the in-house therapist there and I looked at him and I was like I need I need to say my piece now you know I don't I understand and I don't understand why you did what you did and before my dad there had never been anyone in my life who had ever tried to commit suicide or had successfully done so that I knew very very closely and I used to think that suicide was incredibly selfish because I had no capacity to understand what was actually going on inside someone's head And then my dad started talking to me and explaining to me. And I looked at him and I said, I, of all people, know exactly how consuming your grief is. My mom and my brother had a much better relationship when he died. My dad and I still had so much guilt and conversation that went unsaid. So him and I were handling Josh's death differently. And I said to him, I I understand of all people how much this is weighing on you. I do. But you have me. Am I just not enough for you to live? I need to know this. What am I doing that is not enough for you? Because I need you. And all of that to say, you know, my dad and I had a really wonderful conversation after that, is I, the way that fits into my life now I used to be a very, very, very judgmental person. I used to lack a lot of compassion and a lot of understanding or the willingness to understand. I used to think people made stupid choices because they didn't care, not because they were hurting. I now realize just how wrong I was. And that has given me the opportunity to grow so incredibly so that I can have more compassion for the people in my life and even strangers, people I don't know. Because bottom line is that when I was in college, I used to think my life was the absolute worst. I used to think my grief outmounted anyone's grief. My life just that year and a half was really, really not good between all those three things happening. But after my dad and after I started processing, I realized just how little knowledge is available to us about the state of other people's well-being and emotional health if they are not willing to share and I was definitely stunted in that way I was not only not understanding but very unwilling and I now realize just how much having compassion can go for another person being that year, not even inserting an opinion, but just listening and being open to the choices that someone is making because they are attempting to cover for something else. They don't know how to deal. And my way of doing that was faking the shit out of my life. I pretended I was the happiest freaking person alive. You know, I didn't turn to drugs or suicide or alcohol. Well, a little bit, but my biggest thing was pretending I pretended everything was okay and I would cry myself to sleep every freaking night nothing was okay 
I did not share that with anyone. And my lack of connection in that was realizing just how many other people could be doing the exact same thing as I was. My coping mechanism was pretending my life was perfect. So I sit here today offering you guys this note. The way our past informs who we are now does not have to be a negative light. In fact, it should be entirely positive. If you are willing to sit here and have this exact conversation with yourself and understand the choices and the actions and personality you had years ago and how that shapes who you are now and you've learned from it, you are an extraordinary human. You are a better person. You are learning. You are growing. You're evolving. And that takes so, so much courage. It took so much for me to admit just how wrong I was. And now when I think about that story, I try and remind myself of the people that I'm thinking about judging right now. If I see someone doing something that I wouldn't do and I feel like I need to judge them, I really try and take a step back because I don't sit in their shoes. I don't know what their life looks like and their coping mechanism is doing what they're doing and it's just simply not mine. So... Those are two of the really big stories that I wanted to share with you guys. And other things is I just thought this I want to end on a much more fun note rather than that note. There are lots of things you guys don't know about me. So I figured I did a poll on my Instagram and I figured I would just share some more intimate fun details about myself. So I was born in Michigan big shock I know I was born in Detroit I my parents moved to Florida with me when I was like six to eight months old so I'm definitely from Florida but I was born in Detroit I am naturally (laughs) I am naturally blonde if you don't know what I look like I have dyed my hair black and it's been black for like six years uh if you know me personally and you didn't know that I know it's a big shock and I'll give you a moment to process because no one ever believes me But yes, yes, was um, naturally blonde. Never going to go back, likely. I also, when I was a kid, I've shared with you guys, like, you know, when I was a kid and younger, just the creative arts were my, like, entire realm. And I'm very happy to tell you that I used to take singing lessons. They did not improve anything. It was just fun. Um, I have videos that are vaulted away that no one will ever see. Because I was not made for singing. <laughs> it is uh, definitely not a talent of mine. It's a, it's a hard no, no go. I also did gymnastics. I was pretty good at that. But it was it got to the point where like my parent, my mom was just like, you need to choose like gym or dance. Because my schedule was just like outrageous at, you know, at such a young age. So I chose dance. Someone else on my Instagram asked if I have a boyfriend. So my dating history is just like very bleak and boring. <laughs> I had a college boyfriend. Um, him and I were together for like nine months maybe. Then I've just like dated intermittently. I didn't date at all while I was in Florida because I was really focused on healing myself and just growing into the person I wanted to become. I am currently seeing someone. Um, It's super casual, going well. Just, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that, I guess. He makes me happy, so that's great. Someone else asked me what my signs are. So I, my birthday is actually next month. I was born on August 23rd, which makes me a cusp. Really funny fact. I think I said this in the astrology podcast I did once, um, which also stay tuned for that. I have a special guest coming on soon to talk to you guys about astrology. 
But I, for my like entire life until I got to college, thought I was a Leo and I definitely have Leo very fiery energy. But I would say the who I am now is definitely more of a Virgo. I am completely, entirely hyper OCD. My apartment is immaculate at all times. And if it doesn't, I get like immediate anxiety. It gives me so much anxiety to have chaos and disarray. And if you haven't listened to my podcast with Jess, definitely go do so. Because even now, you know, I certainly know that that's probably a coping mechanism for where I lack control in my life in other areas. But it makes me happy and I do it and I like it. And, you know, it gives me good vibes and relaxing vibes to have a really clean, beautiful apartment. But back to my signs. Yes, I'm a Virgo. I'm all Earth. So my big three are actually all Earth. I am a Virgo sun, Taurus moon, and a cap rising. Uh, Very interesting. So if you don't know, I really hope I'm saying this right. I think your rising sign is like how you present yourself to yourself. Like it's because your sun is your ego. Your moon is... Wow, I really need to know this. I'll um, Okay, I could be wrong, but I know Capricorns have like a very perfectionist look to them and like desire perfectionism. So my Virgo and Cap honestly could like not be more on point. Okay, and I'll just do some rapid fire questions that people asked me. Do I have a pet? No, I am getting a dog. Um, do I have any vacations coming up? Yes, I do. I do. I do. I'm so glad you asked. So... <laughs> Uh, Like I said, my birthday is next month and my mom, her birthday is two weeks before mine and we both have huge milestone birthdays coming up. I am going to be 25 and my mom is going to be 60. That baddie is a young 60. She looks freaking phenomenal. We love Jeanette. So like we realized this, you know, maybe two years ago that our 60 and 25 were going to align. And when I was 21, my mom and I went to Paris for my 21st birthday And we decided we were going to do a really big trip. Obviously, if you guys know, you know, from my podcast with my mom, I she's my absolute best friend. I love no one more in the world. She is my heart and soul. I live and breathe Jeanette. So we decided we were going to do like a really, really, really big trip. So my mom is I'm going home in a couple weeks to actually celebrate her birthday so I can be with her on her 60th. But then a few days later, like a week later, my mom is coming up here to Jersey We are flying out to Venice, Italy. We are in Venice for two days. And then we are taking a Royal Caribbean Greece cruise. And we're going to Santorini, the Mykonos. And we're also going to Croatia. And my mom is Croatian. So we're going to split in Dubrovnik in Croatia. And we could not be more excited. We took out all the stops for this trip. We're doing a lot of first class. I mean... It's going to be amazing. We're so, so excited. This is such a big treat for both of us. So yes, I do have trips planned. I'm very excited. And I'm also attempting to go to Hawaii in November. I've never done like a really big solo trip like that. Um, I like, you know, I came here last year for my birthday by myself for a couple days, but I also used to live here. So that doesn't really count. And uh, but I've never like gone international by myself or, you know, Hawaii, obviously Hawaii is not international, but they'd be pretty close. So I'm thinking about doing that. Um, my favorite color, someone asked me, I honestly haven't thought about that in a while, but I would say it's probably like a blush pink or like a neutral. My lucky number is 23. And someone asked me, which I think this is a great note to close on, what my biggest goal in my entire life is. And I'm really happy to say that it's not 
a numerical value. It's not a husband and a house and kids. It is not a stage I'm speaking on or a business I am running. My goal in my life is to simply be happy and feel at peace. If I can achieve that every single day, I will have lived a very fulfilling and very incredible and extraordinary life. And a lot of that is because of my brother and the way his death has played a role in who I am today. So my biggest goal, you know, there there are things that I am manifesting, of course. Um, I, I have a really very clear vision of what I hope my life looks like in 10 years. But as long as I'm happy, that's all I want. I want good friends around me. I want to feel loved and I want to love and I want to have fun and enjoy life and I want it to be amazing. So I hope this was an informative episode, definitely different from what I normally do, but I wanted to just share a little bit more about me and because I know this audience has grown so much and I just am so, so grateful to you guys that show up each week. It means the absolute world to me. And if you have more questions, DM me on Instagram. Maybe I'll do another poll soon and I can make this like a every couple months thing where I just answer a bunch of random questions and manifesting questions, questions about spirituality, intentional living, etc. It's so much fun for me to, you know, ex- help help you guys expand your knowledge on this, especially when I get the DMs, you know, getting really specific. It's just so much fun for me to interact with strangers that have already built like such a clear trust with me and and know they can come to me and say, hey, what about X, Y, and Z? I just, it, it makes me feel really special and so involved in your life. And that's all I want. So yeah, I hope this helps you guys get to know me a little bit more. And uh, like I said, look out for the podcast, honestly, coming up. I've got my content calendar built out for a while and I have some really, really exciting guests coming on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. The subjects coming up for the coming weeks are really great. I'm going to do a big 25 episode for me turning 25 and I'll talk to you guys while I'm in Greece and Croatia and it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. And as always, like I say, I'm just I'm so, so grateful to you guys and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.